Kimberly here. This is Macabish, cults, classics, and horrors. We're talking films, series, books, and life, and we're starting right now. Weird. Can I ask you guys, each of you, like, what are you, what are you working on? Like, I know you have this podcast because I'm on it. Like, what are you, <laughs> what are you working on? Well, Carlos is making a movie after making a short on somebody else's movie. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Well, you're I, laughing. Is that is that true or is that a joke? It's true. No, no, I, I am. I'm I'm just in the writing process of it right now. But uh, yeah, no, uh, I'm gonna have to start figuring out how to try to get funding for it because that's going to be the most difficult part i think but uh yeah yeah no i'm i'm in the middle of the writing process right you think you're going to do like a crowdsourcing the funding or is it a case where you have to find like an investor uh originally i was worried about trying to get uh invest in investment uh and i was going to try to go with uh like a government sort of funding like because we have that up here in canada but uh these guys pointed out something good to me last time i was on the show and yeah i mean the crowdfunding is probably going to be a better idea like uh but i guess we'll see it's difficult to know because it's like if you don't have a big following how do you really meet those numbers that you need to get the funding you need right yeah you wind up playing the same game where you need to get attached to a name like you yeah, just need to yeah. find an internet yet after you'd have to put some find some famous streaming personality and get them get them to be in your get them to be uh, to star in your movie and then they could go to your their audience and but it's the same deal it's like it's you know that's how projects get made they get an actor attached and then they can walk in and say because nobody cares if you walk in and say i've got a sci-fi adventure but if you walk in and say i've got a sci-fi adventure and chris pratt wants to be in it like well now you're talking Um, (laughs) so i think it's the same thing it's like where you've got to be able to get engagement online somehow and so like being able to associate yourself with you're not going to get chris pratt but with someone who has a following and work with them or something that feels like that's the clearest path because there's otherwise i've seen i've had friends try to do fundraising to make i saw one try to do to make a, a video game and then another try to do it to raise money to make a they wanted to make a short film yeah but i think they both they both raised a few thousand dollars but it wasn't they didn't get to their goal because it's just very hard to get traction. There's so many on all these platforms. There's there's so many, and they the platforms don't like to elevate your crowdfunding campaign unless there's some kind of an interesting story behind it. Um, so like if you were you know if you were like hey I I'm I just escaped Ukraine the Ukraine invasion from the Russians and I'm going to make a short film about my experience escaping the invasion they would elevate that to like their front page because that's an interesting story. You see what I mean? Because yeah. like, like, yeah, we can support this refugee from the war. But right. if you're just someone saying, well, I want to make you know a horror movie that takes place in the future. And it's about, you know, it's about a monster on a spaceship. That's, that's harder because it's like, well, what, if you're not an established name, it's like, well, what am I paying for? How do I know it's going to be good? But if the, like you said, do you said, yeah, yeah. Like a short, that's like a proof of concept or something like that, or. Uh, no, no, I, I just did another short just recently. Um, that's it's in the process of uh, getting put together into a compilation. Uh, uh, but the the new one is a completely separate separate project. But is that how people do it? They put together like a like a sizzle reel of like their work, and it's like this will yeah, be the next yeah, iteration. Yeah. Of, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
That's interesting. Yeah, I love hearing about that because again, the idea of making a movie, like I find it difficult. It takes me multiple takes to film my TikToks. Right. Uh, <laughs> right. So the idea of it's is of making a movie and just the logistics and all of that stuff, the location scouting. I again, it makes me tired just discussing it, let alone <laughs> actually actually doing it because i've you know cranked we had a youtube channel and did we did like uh video essays and sketch comedy stuff like that and i I was never in the videos but i was fortunate enough to be on set like i would fly out to la sometimes it is a giant pain in the ass to film anything listeners out there to this podcast do you realize what a giant pain in the ass (laughs) it is to film and i'm talking about a sketch that's meant to run five minutes with three characters and it would take all day because they would need yeah. some little prop thing to happen. They need like a pile of trash to fall over in a funny way. And they're trying to work out how to do it. Maybe sometimes be off camera and just nudge over. It's like, well, no, your, your hand is in a shot. Well, we can try this. Well, maybe let's try filming in this other room. It's like, well, this room isn't lit as well. It's such a pain in the ass <laughs> to get even one shot. And then everything works against you because if you're shooting outdoors, you're at the mercy of the weather and the sun and the clouds and noise if a plane flies overhead. And now you have to double all the dialogue later because you had a plane flying past when the character, when the actor was giving their monologue. And then now you got to arrange for that actor to be available again. And there's so many moving parts and everybody has to be free to shoot because you're not, you're not like working. You're not going to be working with, you know, 200 you know, union crew members, it's going to be like you and a few other people, right? Yeah. And everybody has to be available. They, they're doing it in their spare time. So you're doing it on the weekends. I admire anyone who has shot any kind of a short film, anything like that. I, I go I go crazy when I read like the comments on YouTube and they're like, well, I, I've seen this before. I guess it's just, this premise is just lazy. Right. Like, did you use the word lazy? <laughs> like, do, you, do you understand? Like this, this takes place these people are in the woods. Do you know what it is to shoot in the woods? Like they were probably (laughs) out there all day, multiple days. They're probably cold the whole time. Like, I don't care that it wasn't interesting. It's like the fact that they made it is a marvel. I say that all the time. I was like, I could never make a movie. I can't, I can't, I'm not up for it. And that's amazing that other people are. So I can't ever, even if I watch a bad movie, I keep that to myself. Because I, <laughs> I have not made any movies, and I, I get it. I've not posted a 20-second TikTok this morning because I was too tired <laughs> to shoot a 20-second TikTok. <laughs> because it was like, well, the mental effort of like look, making sure I'm sitting in the right spot. It's like, well, I, don't want to be, I don't feel like doing that. Right. So, yeah, the idea of shooting... <laughs> And like editing, I've watched people edit movies before and they've got all the hours of footage and they're editing software and having to grab the audio from this. And oh my God, it just that like hurts my eyes to look at it because they show me their editing timeline. And it's just this intricate little thing of color where they've had to splice all this together. It's like, right. yeah, that's all the shots you didn't notice. But that one scene of him walking down the hall, there were 16 different shots there plus soundtrack. Plus we had to follow in footsteps. Yeah. Just for that thing that you didn't even notice, and, <laughs> right? Just keep walking down the hall, it's just to establish that he's down the hall because later it's it's relevant when they leave the room that there's a hall there, so you have to see him entering the hallway. But getting that hallway shot, yeah, that took four hours. It's like, good God! So yes, you, I congratulate you on the the act of even considering doing it. Whatever happens, I hope right. you get the money together. Thank Do you have you, a sense of how you. much it's, you have to get together? 
Um, that's the part I'm worried about because <laughs> in writing it, it's a million dollar movie, but obviously I, I'm not going to have that to work with it. So, uh, I don't know. Like I have to wait till I get the actual thing, uh, fully written before, uh, before I can start working that out. But, but I'll say this, a $50,000 movie today looks like a million dollar movie from the nineties. True. Because yeah. once upon a yeah. time, like I assume you're not shooting on film, like once upon a time getting your reels of like, 16 oh, millimeter or whatever, brutal. like that was yeah. that was ten thousand dollars. You know, and then when you would screw something up, like you've lost that film forever. And then the, like the effects stuff that people just do in their bedrooms. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like uh, you could go look at the effects on a two hundred million dollar movie like the Scorpion King. It's like, oh, I've seen YouTube videos with better effects. <laughs> because the tools are so much better now. So yeah. I think when you say it's a million dollar script on paper, I think, you know, there's movies I can turn, we'll go to Amazon prime right now that were shot for a hundred grand where mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's contained. It's two characters in a house they rented, you know, and it's a thriller. It's just these two people, but it was, they kept the budget that low because everything, you know, they did themselves, it, you know, like they, the effects, the, the blood splatters, they didn't need squibs. They had a, a plug in for after effects that gave them blood splatter. And if you're clever about how you light it, it can look great. Um, so yeah, if you know what you're doing, you can stretch, you know, you can stretch 50 grand a long way. The challenge is, is that you have to convince a lot of people to do work for you for very little money, which <laughs> some, some people will do, but you, you, you wish you could, pay everyone lavishly like you wish you could yeah, make it. but ultimately at this level it's like well you know that's not how it works you, you find somebody who it, it would be fun for them to act in or they just want something for their their real um and that's how you can stretch 50 grand to something that looks like a real movie like you can uh, i i've seen plenty of stuff that you, you can make the money stretch further than you think as long as you're uh you know you're assuming your your idea is not you know, dinosaurs escape from an amusement park. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's more you're more realistic in your uh, in your scope. But no, that's that's great. I hope it I hope it works out. Awesome. <laughs> and, and Chris, he actually is writing on something, but unfortunately, he's out the con- contract part where he can't say anything. So that's not helpful. But that's what he's doing. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it is because it's. I mean, it means it's a real. It means it's the real deal. Like the stuff right. you can't talk about. When you're when the writers you follow on social media when they disappear to and it's working on something they can't talk about. That's the best news. Awesome. That's the best news mm. you can get. Because you know, in my stupid books. I'm telling you every every inch of the way what I'm doing. But if, if somebody <laughs> if somebody tells me no, I got a project that there's an NDA I can't talk about. It's like oh, that's great. It's, <laughs> That's great. You've gotten, you're working on something real where there's actually people worried about how the, the PR is going to be rolled out and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So, nope, that's, you know, that's, I'm not going to interrogate you about it. That's uh yeah. Yeah. There's, there's big PR plans coming once we, uh, once we launch, but right now I, I'm under multiple NDAs. I can't really say much. <laughs> yeah. That, that mean, that's how you know you're not just in business for yourself because there's actually another entity <laughs> worried about mm-hmm. it. Right. Worried about, it's like, no, they can't find out the nature of this project from you tweeting about it. They ha- we have people employed to, to, to get word out and they have outlets yeah. they work with. And that's, yeah. Making um, some comics, it's two different ones. One, I actually 
it started when I started in therapy. You know, they tell you you need to do a journal. Well, as much as I like writing, I hate journaling for therapy. So I started drawing my journals. And I have actually enough of them thought that I would publish them. And I have another comic that's a completely different thing. So I'm doing that. And I also uh, make score music. I actually made some for Carlos's short. Whether or not it ends up in the final cut, it's not up to me. I don't care. But I got to help him with that, and that was awesome. Did you draw the thumbnail art for your for the podcast? Yes. That's cool. Thank you. So how are you how are you gonna you're gonna get it published in print? Is there a service you're gonna go through like yeah. I did? Or do they give are they when I did it, again, this is in the ancient times, the quality was terrible. Like it, it like you you couldn't do color or anything and even like the cover was kind of fuzzy do, do they actually have high quality like they can make a comic look like all the colors and everything looks good oh yeah yep and it'll be a smaller um cut for sales but that's fine yeah and again that's that's the reality for 99.9 percent of stuff that exists in print it's, right that sold a, I, there was an article that went viral a few days ago when they because during the antitrust thing between penguin and random house or whatever the we're, we're only going to have like two publishers left because two of the big ones are going to merge mm -hmm. and they had to unveil like how few of their books are profitable and how most books sell just a few dozen copies or a few right. hundred copies that's yeah. always been the case and right. and you do it and, and you say well yeah but why were people writing to just sell a few hundred copies it's like that's <laughs> That's the you don't know how many authors died without anyone reading their books. Mm. The stuff became famous after they died. It was right. you know they their stuff got it's like they wrote it because they they wanted to tell the story. And if even if only their spouse read it or only their friend read it or only five people read it, right? Like that's 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 why you create. It's it, it was it it, the, it spoils things when you're told. Well, it's well, how much money do you make off that? Well, like you're not gonna be able to quit your job doing that. It's like that's the the moment this becomes a job. Actually, I I kind of hate it. It's right. Like, the moment the moment I'm I'm having to sit there and say, okay, I've got to draw a comic because I've got uh, you know an insurance payment due, so I've got to draw a comic to pay for my insurance. Like that would suck. Yeah, it would. The freedom yeah. comes when you're just creating. And the best stuff comes when you're just, I mean, this is the difference between like a Marvel movie or like some indie movie that was deeply meaningful to the person who made it. Right. It's like one of them is product made by people who are like, okay, we have to make back a billion dollars. Oh my God. <laughs> this, yeah. every, every, nothing, not one frame of this can be offensive to anyone because we, <laughs> we have to make, we have to have the maximum happiness from audiences in all four quarters around the globe. Like when you're creating a comic and you can be as weird as you want, because so what? Like, right. It's so what? What's what are they going to threaten you with to fire you from being a comic maker? Right. Like, no, I'm, I'm publishing it myself as my own. That was that was the freedom. Those days, you know, I don't miss I don't miss the financial insecurity. But the early days of the Internet, before there was a format for articles and nobody knew what the Internet was supposed to look like. Mm -hmm. and you got people just making the weirdest stuff, the weirdest stuff. And like the, when they, they first, you know, bandwidth got a little bit better and people could upload like animations. Are any of you guys old enough to remember Newgrounds and like the old Flash animations? Yes. Yep. Mm -hmm. It was the weirdest nonsense. 
because there was no template. There was no format. There was no thought of, well, this will get engagement. It was just creative people. Sometimes the stuff they're making was a hate crime. I'll admit, <laughs> right? I'll admit it was, but it was people testing boundaries and just being so weird and gross and strange. And for every one person being hateful, you would have gay creators like making stuff that they would never have been allowed to make. Like a, a cartoon on that subject would never have been allowed to air anywhere. It's true. And suddenly they can just make it and it goes out to the world and people find it. And you've got some kid out in the Midwest, you know, who's had these feelings, before, you know, and, and has never even been exposed to the idea of any of this stuff. And it's like, oh gosh, there's someone else out there just like me who doubts their identity just like me. And I'm seeing it in the form of this weird animation they made. And that they just, it's just this, you know, they may have had 500 hours in animating it in their crude 1999 era computer. And they just did it for the love of it. And if, gosh, you can't let, you can't let capitalism take that away. I, I try to emphasize people that I, I've been writing in some capacity for 24 years and I had a day job for 22 of those. I, I always wanted the, the books to be on the side. I never wanted this. The only reason I, I write books full-time now, again, very fortunate, but the only reason I'm doing it is because my job went away. It cracked. They, they kind of, my position basically was eliminated. Um, and we kind of mutually decided, like, I didn't want to, to train to train for a new one or whatever, but I never wanted it to be a case where like, you know, whether or not I have health insurance depends on how much people enjoy this next thing I write. I always wanted the freedom to write something that everybody hates. Right. Because that's that the, the, it may be that of the five people who loved it, it means so much more to them because what you made was so weird that it fit into their weird brain like a lock into a key. It's like you found the other weirdo. You did it and you made That's a connection right. across time and space. And that means more than than any amount of money could. Now, that speech I just gave when it comes time to pay your rent, your landlord will not accept that speech in lieu of rent. It's true. But I, I never want to get, I, I talk to so many people who get so discouraged when they hear that the average book advances like $4,000. It's like, well, now hold on. I spent three years writing this. That's like, that's like 32 cents an hour. It's like, yeah, it, but you can't, you can't think of it that way. You, you have mm -hmm. to go into it thinking of it as something you do on the side. And, and if the thing you publish becomes, if it takes off and it becomes this big, huge, monstrous thing that will be great for a while, you may find you don't like that so much. Right. You may find that getting 5,000 pieces of fan mail a day and the level of how invasive these people want to be in your life, you find, may find you preferred it back when it was just a hobby and you were working a day job. So I try to encourage people, right? find a normal job and then write books on the side. If it takes off, it takes off. But there's so much luck involved. It's not based on skill. It's not based on merit. I, I, again, a famous producer stumbled across my book right. against long, long odds. That, that could, If you replay my life a thousand times, that probably doesn't happen in the other 999. And, and in that case, I would still be working at some sort of an insurance company. Probably maybe I get the job at crack. Maybe I don't. But I would, the books would always be a hobby, but I would still be writing the books. I would right. still be telling the stories um, because I 
I have to, and it fills some kind of need. So yeah, I, I, I hope it does well, but, but you making it and completing it and having it exist in the world, that's, that's 99% of the way to the finish line. What happens after that is kind of out of your control. Right. I, I don't really care what happens after that. It's just the thing I've been doing since high school, really. And it's made poverty and homelessness and jobs that I hated easier to get through. I mean, that's, yeah, that's the part of life that's, that's makes the rest of it okay. And seeing yourself getting better at it, even if there's no one else around to appreciate it. Right. Matters. Like this sure. stuff, like you can go back and look at the stuff you were drawing in high school and you can see the difference. Right. You know, and it's like each little new technique you see somewhere else and you borrow and you incorporate it. You can just, just the appreciation of getting better and in, in growing in your craft. It's like, even if there's never an audience that, right. that should matter in itself. Cause that's, that, that's something you do have control over. Like you're not, you're not going to overturn capitalism yourself and make it to where suddenly everyone's needs are, are met. Right. <laughs> but you can control your art. You can control, you can't control what the audience says, or how they react, but you can control you, you know, getting better at it, challenging yourself, doing new things. Right. It has to be its own reward. You have to see, you have to see it that way. And I, I hate the thing that I do because I have to use social media to promote my work. And I, again, I'm not, I don't want anybody to feel sorry for me. Like, but 80% of my life is promotion. 20% is writing. So I have a right. Twitter. I have three Facebook pages. I have a TikTok. I have an Instagram. I have two Goodreads pages or one that I'm still using. Um, I have a Substack where I put my essays. I have a newsletter that's separate from that. Um, I hate the feeling of you put a tweet or a post or an Instagram photo out there and then you're refreshing to see what the likes are on it. Yeah. That's compulsive bad behavior. Like I, taking a picture of my dog and I'm refreshing it to see if it got likes. That's nuts. That's yeah. nuts. But I find myself doing it anyway because it's like, well, what if other people don't think my dog is cute? What happens then? That's insane. We've been brainwashed into thinking that way. But I, I feel the same way. I'm not a fan of social media, but I do it. Here I am. I Except I just, I post and then I run away. I don't want to <laughs> hear that everybody hates it and it's stupid and I'm a moron. That Whatever. I posted and I'm gone. See, and I know writers who search their mentions. Never, mm, never <laughs> do that. And I'm talking about well, like they'll they'll search to see if anybody's talking about them. If people don't use a lot of Twitter or whatever, like oh, it's not yeah. not replying to something you said, but searching to see if other people are just talking about you behind your back. Oh my god, that's none, uh, that's none of your business. What other people are saying about you is none of your business. Exactly. People, like that's not you can't control it. That people destroy their own mental health doing that, mm -hmm. and it sucks because if you're an author now, if you're not if you're not on social media, you're not you're not going to be working as an author. They're not going to do the book deal. I'm sorry. Yeah. As far as I understand it, when you pitch a book these days, the first thing they want to know is what your platform looks like. Do you have a popular YouTube channel? I'm not saying the book deals only get done with influencers, but that is a big, 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 big factor because the economics of it is you are going to have to do the vast majority of your own promotion. And the way you do it, unless you have money to buy a spot during the Super Bowl on TV, it means having a social media following. And the only way to have a following on social media is to devote a ton of time to posting and following trends and knowing what type of posts do well. 
the, the challenge like with TikTok, I have a lot of hours invested in TikTok. I have like 2000 followers, not very many, but the time invested is not in making my stupid TikToks. It's in observing and seeing what do people want on there. Right. If I don't do that, the post will not get interaction. If they don't get interaction, then I'm wasting my time. It is right. crazy that I'm in a position to have to worry about that, that I won't, I'm not too big to fail. I'm not Stephen King. I, I'm not measuring my book sales in the millions. So like I've got to try to earn back this advance. So the publisher feels like it's worth it to keep having me do this. And the more I promote, the more they'll promote. It's like a, a joint thing where it's like they see me out there hustling and they will, they will do it too. Right. Um, but I can, um, I, one really big money losing bomb can end my writing career. It's nobody is nobody at my level is too big to fail. Right. Uh, so I have to be doing this and I will, some of you, <laughs> when, when this book comes out the, the week that it comes out, that, that whole, the whole month of October, some of you are going to hear me on like 26 different podcasts. This is right. That's, that's how I do it. Cause you, it is the only way to reach people again, unless you have just a tremendous budget to buy ad time somewhere and, and who, and who does James Patterson, like JK Rowling, you know, it's, uh, I, I don't, I don't have that. I don't have that kind of publicity machine working for me. It's mostly, it's mostly me posting stupid things on Twitter and, and being on a podcast to talk with people and trying, trying as hard as I can to be interesting. Uh, even though I feel like I've not led a very exciting life, but. Uh, you're more interesting than you think. It, it's true. I'm not just, not, you know, I don't follow somebody for decades because I'm bored out of my mind. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, you are the worst, but I'm going to keep on following you. Yeah, I'm glad you came. Journal. And shocked you came. <laughs> I know I make it a rule not to, I try not to turn down anybody. It's uh, I don't, I don't know what, what the size of your audience is, but I try not to ever be like, I'm too good for, I'm too good for this show. Man, I'm, <laughs> I'm just a guy. I, 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 the fact that you're out here making a show for people and you've made it, you've been sticking with it for years now. Hey, let's, that's great. Let's, let's get on here. And it's a miracle we're allowed to do this again, tw just 20 years ago when you would have had to have gotten a job at a radio station to have this. Oh yeah. Um, mm -hmm. Like you, you wouldn't have been allowed that, that the technology exists for just a bunch of like-minded people to get together and try to be interesting and, and for it to be heard by 25 people or 125 or 2,500 or 2 million. It doesn't matter. It, it's, Whoever finds it, it will live out there forever. Somebody may listen to this two years after the book comes out, and and uh, I may be long dead by then. Doesn't matter. It's if somebody hears it and they find it interesting, and then great. That's we've done something. We we've made the world slightly better than it was before. That's true. Totally agree. And if somebody wants to make another movie out of uh, a book, because you come back, so I can hear all about it. Oh, I will. I will the, my whole issue is to get in deep in the weeds here is that I don't, not everything I write is like in the horror genre. So that's like the other series is the sci-fi novels that the next one next year will be sci-fi. So I don't know if I can hit up the other horror podcast if they still want me on because these, they're not very <laughs> horrifying. Um, but no, I, 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 I love this part because it doesn't require me to do anything it, like writing is difficult, but just talking is, is very easy. So, but no, thank you for having me on. I'm grateful for everybody that wants to talk to me. Well, thank your, you. Your guys's 
uh, projects. I hope they all come to fruition and, and do well for you. Thank um, you. I, so I know all of my friends are creative types. Um, all of them are working in some capacity that's either they're getting paid by Patreon or they're freelancers or they are just making stuff on YouTube and then working a day job, you know, like in other words, none of them are big shots. Okay. Uh, I know a couple of people that one of my former cracked coworkers, uh, Soren Bowie, he's a writer on American dad now. So he's got a great job. Uh, Dan O'Brien, I told the story earlier oh, yeah. that cracked when it started out, it was, it was two employees and an intern. The intern was a college kid named Dan O'Brien uh, who became very famous through the site and now writes for John Oliver last week tonight for John Oliver lives in New York, writes for that show. Um, but other than that, 95% of the people I, my acquaintances are people just, they're just making it one project at a time and, and crowdsourcing the next thing. And uh, they all got steamrolled during the pandemic because people stopped spending money and it was, mm -hmm. Uh, hell on their mental health. This has been a very difficult time for this community of people who are trying to create things and trying to scratch out a living from it. Please, if you are out there, <laughs> if you have a chance to subscribe to their Patreon, if you have a chance to do the paid tier or whatever, throw them a few bucks. Throw them a few bucks instead of the the now six dollar coffees at Starbucks because it's you would be shocked at what a difference that makes. Right. Just. 15 people that will contribute every month. Like that is, that can be everything that can help somebody pay the rent. Um, right. Support the artists. Because yep. the, and to, to make it, you don't need a million followers. If you've got 2000 loyal followers, you can, you can pay your mortgage that way. Like, like that's, you know, a few bucks a month that adds up, right. but, um, but it's hard mm -hmm. to get, it's hard to get the money out of people these days. Inflation, it's times are tight. I get it. Um, if you enjoy work of people who are not big money, professional creators, part of any kind of corporate machine, please buy their thing, buy their book, throw, throw them a few bucks. It matters it, that, that, that money goes farther than what it would go. If you spent the equivalent money, you know, buying a blockbuster off Amazon prime, they're not even going to notice your money, but Amazon doesn't even care. Uh, right. whether you live or die, I don't care, <laughs> but, uh, you support a small creator. Like they your support will mean more to them. They'll remember you the rest of their lives. Like that you send them that piece of fan mail, just encouraging them, telling them you enjoyed their thing. You know, it might be, that was only five pieces of fan mail. They, they got for that thing. And they will remember you till they're on their deathbed. Like it's it's some, some kind things people have said to me. I'll remember forever. You have no idea how much that means. So yes, if you're hearing this, that probably means you're one of those fans of small creators. Please do what you can. Yep. Do what you can. Excellent. Thank you very much for coming, Jason. Appreciate you. Thank Thanks you. so much, man. Thank you. This is the number one place for macabre cults, classics, and horrors. For synopsis, reviews, and news, go to macabre.com. Thank you for listening. Signing out until the next one.